What's your intro again? Oh, hello everyone and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm going to do some admin because I'm boring. So guys, we are covering Barry, Succession, Rain Dogs, Love and Death. Um, There's something else. There's something else. There's always stuff. Yellow Jackets. And um, we are also talking, we also have a film podcast called Is This Cinema, which is actually pretty good. You know, it's actually, actually worth its salt. Um, And you guys should go support that and listen to that because they're two very amazing hosts on there doing some great work. That's that's big stalker energy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Some people are good people who pay attention. So, yeah. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. Um, it's a post-mortem episode because we are mourning the best couple on TV. Uh. That was a very somber episode. So joining me on this episode is the man who would lead us to eternal life. It's the waster Jesus. It's Ibuka. I love it. Ibuka, how are you doing? I am amazing. I love that so much because I, I have fantasized about creating my own religion. I feel like I could. I mean, using the word fantasize is, is giving it a strength because I know you've tried it. <laughs> Anyways, no, I mean, I have, to, that was, I have to shout out to be the good. That intro came from him on Twitter. But that's not all, guys. We're running it all the way back, even though Frank doesn't know what that means. <laughs> and we brought back a, a fave of the podcast. Um, she's hard at work building a new India. <laughs> Haja, how are you doing? I am fantastic. India's on the way, guys. Just need a couple more hundred million people there to get the numbers to be believable, you know? I just can't imagine what Martin's numbers are, that he needs an entire India. Other India. India. <laughs> India, like of all countries. How creative must your creative accounting be for you to need a whole other country to make up for the numbers that you fucked? <laughs> anyway, but... If you want more on those thoughts, um, Ibibi and Obi have got into all of that on the main episode. And normally I wouldn't do an episode like this, but guys, we had to talk about that scene. And I had to get some people to talk about that scene. We're going to talk about, we're going to mainly focus on, on Tom and Shave and that, that scene. They finally say everything they need to say. Um, oh, actually, quickly. So this episode is directed by Shari Springer-Berman and Robert Puccini, who maybe we mentioned them in the main episode. And they are a married couple filmmaking duo. But for the benefits of this podcast, guys, I don't know if you recognize those names, but they directed most of um, Fleischman is in Trouble. Oh, that's interesting. Considering the Tom and yeah. Shave scene, it kind of makes sense. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, let's, 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 start, let's start with that Tom and Shave scene, because that's all we're going to talk about very quickly. Um, what initial thoughts? Ooh. I was like, wow. I watched that scene, that scene alone, three times. Just because I was like, wow. I think it was when Tom swore. You know when a song is good and like you get halfway through and something happens and you need to reload it. Yeah. You just when Tom swore and he was like, what was it that he said? Something about like, oh, I can't When he swore, he said, fuck it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, we need to go back to the start. Yeah, man. That was... I mean, Tom had some daggers there saying you're too trans... Was it when you say you're too so trans- trans- transparent to be seen in a book? To be, to be yes. found in a book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yeah. was... Um, 
Hadja, I know you've created several fan camps about the Tom and Shiv relationship. What? How did you liar. This? <laughs> I think this... How did this scene work for you? I feel like, you know that meme from, you know, bodies, 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 your parents are upper middle class. You know, that Shiv to Tom in that scene. But I feel like this scene was... Shiv a, called him a hick. A, she called him a conservative hick. Hick. Um, I feel like the children are getting like more sucked into their like isolated cubicles of delusion and i feel like i feel like the most interesting thing for me is how is is the scorpion that starts it all and i think it sort of shows how like you know i don't know like i really love that scene because it's so it's so horrible and it's so biting but it's so true and i think the issue is that Shiv always starts the joke and Tom always is the joke and he always, she always does the gags. So for him to be the one to say, you know, I bite, you bite me, you're a fucking scorpion. I think that does hit a nerve. And I think, yeah, like it's a good fucking scene. That's all I can say. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a terrible, that's a terrible gift. Is it worse than the watch on Kendall's birthday? (laughs) Is it worse than the watch? I think it has to be worse than the watch. Yeah, I think it has to be worse. Like, this is insulting. And I remember this, the episode started, and I was like, oh, okay. This guy's in a good flow. Which means mm-hmm. it's episode seven, which means it's not going to last. He made breakfast for her. <laughs> he made He, he, he dropped the napkin <laughs> on the already made he dropped breakfast. The napkin. <laughs> and he stopped the, the chef from taking it before he, before he could add the gift. No, but I, I remember thinking, I was like, oh, these guys are in good flow. They're talking about the sex they had last night. Like, there's no way this is going to last. And then Shave obviously starts, like, from the moment we see them at the party, she's already, like, either putting him down or alluding to the fact that he's going to get fired. I'm like, oh, my God, Shave, this is, we've done this before. This is, this is the dinner party with, with Roman and Tabitha. Like, why are you doing this again? Yeah. She, yeah, I mean, it's like she, I mean, everybody knows the whole quote about Caroline talking about Logan and how she said that Logan and Shiv are very similar, that they've never seen anything that they, that they love, that they wouldn't kick to see if it would come back. And it's almost like Shiv was being the good wife when, like, Tom, like, when Tom was away and t- waiting for Tom to come. Immediately he comes back, she just reverts to type and she's just, like, back to being mean. And she, like, it's literally less than a day. It's, like, literally, they just got back together that day and now she's just back to being her terrible self. Um, what's next for Shiv and Tom? Yeah, that's it's like this is it, right? This is it. There's no, there's no comeback. Yeah. This is just it. I feel like he he really hits a nerve because he affirms everything that she already knows and fears is wrong about her, right? Like in that scene, he just tears her a new one. And I think, I also think that there's this thing with Tom, right? Like, no matter how else everyone sees him, he is a real person and he sees himself as a real person. So the fact that everyone around him treats him as this invisible, like, oaf is 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 really hurtful for him. And even throughout the whole episode, it's like, I think he's just more reminded of how much of a pawn he is. Like he she's strategically in air quotes flirting with Matson, right? Like strategically. Right. And she's, she's her ex, like her ex man is there that she used to fuck him over with. And she's joking to this man about how he's going to be fired. Like, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a symphony of horrible things. And I don't think there's any future for them. I think that 
he goes full offensive now and she goes full offensive. And I think that there, there's no alliances anymore, I think. And so I think it'll be interesting to see how they both go up against each other and how they fight it out. Because I feel like they were avoiding the fight. She was ready for the fight. Then Logan died. That put a wrench in the fight. And now mm-hmm. it's like the fight is full fucking back on. And I think it's also the pregnancy thing is like, you can't ignore it because she is soon going to succumb to her womanness very soon, even though she's already been, you know, sort of been treated like nothing because of that. And I think it's just like, she's, you know, she says she's scared. She's back the wrong horse with Matson. I think it's just like, a she is so like her whole life is ruled by the whims of the men's around men around her. And she needs to back herself, but she only has limited time because the moment that bump starts to show, it's over. Like, there's there's nothing for her anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're going by the news that's coming about, about this season, there's only maybe four days left of the show. Yeah. Like, in the show's world. So, like, we wouldn't probably see a bump or anything. But so, yeah. in terms of watching. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, that is going to come out. I mean, <laughs> Magic just never comes out. Exactly. But that's going to come out some way. I mean, also, speaking of Madison, Tom importantly knows that Shiv is like trying two time in the brothers yeah. and, and working with Madsen. So like does he use that as his card to kind of get back in the good graces of, of Roman and Kendall? Obviously Roman and Kendall say fuck Tom at the end of that scene. Like they they were offered to fire him a few episodes back just to help their sister. So like I doubt they will be willing to get him back on board. Um we've obviously we painted this conversation more as like she was, she was like terrible and Tom got the good digs in in that conversation but it's like she made some points as well I mean I, I think that's also been the great thing about this relationship like they're both just terrible people like it's not one person just abusing the other person and like yeah Tom did propose to her at her lowest point by all accounts Tom even started getting with her and becoming a couple but at her lowest point like so he's always found a way to either intentionally or not be right there when like she really needed somebody he's found a way to to sneak his his way in um this is funny because i always thought my in, in, my thinking was always that there was another proposal that we never saw like because you know how she says no in the hospital she's like if you propose again i would say yes i always thought that there was another proposal that we never saw but by this discussion it seems like that was the proposal like they say when do you propose to mom like that it's that hospital which is just disgusting but but yeah, I mean, like, Shiv is probably the meanest in this because she's one has the most power because she's rich and everything. But I do think, like, you mean we in can't this my father, like, conversation or in their relationship? In this conversation, yeah, I think. Really? What do you think? I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah. I, I would say they were both. Yeah, I, I don't want to rank right now, but I'd say they were both equal. Mm. I, don't, I don't think Shiv was worse than Tom. Well, I mean, I, I, I think I, I used the wrong. I meant to say, like, Shiv came out as the, like, meaner person, the more abusive person. Like, like Tom had more yeah. digs. I was like, Oof. Yeah, <clears throat> because Tom had yeah. grievances, though. Like, Shiv had yeah, never exactly. felt anger towards Tom until, like, he fucked her over and then she started to see yeah. maybe who Tom really was. But, like, Tom has, like, built up anger with Shiv in their relationship. So he lets everything out. And that's, you know, yeah. He's, he was saying things he's been thinking for years. So does this mean that like a relationship cannot exist on just great sex alone? So <laughs> is that is that what I meant to ask? Well, you? well, you know, well, me and 
are testing out that theory right now, so we shall see. Um, a marriage, a marriage of these proportions cannot. <laughs> but why not, though? Like, <laughs> because there's too much at stake. They're too old. There's a baby involved. They've they've been vulnerable to each other. So yeah, it's problematic. So without I a feel baby, like yeah, like, without a baby, without the vulnerability. Genuine answer. I feel like you can't even divorce the sex being great from the situation that they're in, right? Like, I feel like it's all the adrenaline of getting back together, the adrenaline of bitey, the the reconciliation, and also don't forget she's she's has this huge wound in her like in her life, like her dad's just died, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I feel like we cannot even divorce the the like excitement and the happiness and the high that's coming with the with the recon reconciliation or whatever the getting back together and Mm. we can't take it away from the context i feel like no logan death means no 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 rekindling for those two honestly um Mm. and i feel like i don't know like i feel like she's too as he said broken and i think that performance is so incredible because matthew mcfadden's gesture when he says that is so like pointed and just it's like it's it's like it's like he's been waiting for years to say all of this stuff to her um and she's sort of always sort of let him know kind of what she thinks about him Mm -hmm. and it's just really interesting to see that all bubble up but yeah i think some relationships can survive on good sex but not this one she's too traumatized he's too needy she can't do anything for him. She's pregnant with his child. He doesn't know that. Like, it's just too much. Also, like, is she never gonna tell him about her her baby? Like, uh, no. I think I think she will. I think she will tell him eventually. But another bit of context that we can't obviously remove actually is these guys are so jet lagged. And because where the assumption is that it's been a week since this episode started, since like Logan's birthday. So think about it. In that week, they've been to Norway. They've been to California. Like, it explains why Tom is so, like, Tom's tired. like, I'm really tired. <laughs> they just need to do some coke, like if Kendall. If you're tired, then sleep. Th- I don't think, Ken- you think Kendall's doing coke, Hadja? No, 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 I'm joking. I mean, the, I mean, the Kendall oh. is not on drugs camp. He's just I think he's in California a manic sober. episode. Yeah, yeah California sober. sober. Um, no, 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 Californians it's... don't even drink. He's drinking, no, Cali- but California sober is like drinking and weed, I think. No, California sober is just weed, no? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weed. I'll I'll defer to your expertise. Um <laughs> No, no, I mean I think the thing about knowing that all of this happens in such a t- short time frame has really kind of influenced my Mm, thinking about the episode like you think about what mm-hmm. is making this character the intellectual thinking about the episode what's making these characters do these things i think this is mm-hmm. the first time that you're seeing the actual physical manifestation of that in tom being like so tired also yeah i actually think that's a good point because the more i think about it it's like it's easier for tom and shiv to forget about how much they for lack of a better word hate each other when they're in like luxury mansions luxury swimming pools luxury cars and they have time to rest. Mm-hmm. But when you're fucking mm-hmm. irritated and everything yeah. Tom does irritates you as Shiv and as Tom, everything mm-hmm. Shiv does is like, oh man, she was going to fuck me over and she probably will again. It's like, 
It's completely yeah. different. And it's like, it's canon. It's canon that Tom is a whiner. Like, when, yeah. I, I referenced that yeah. dinner with Roman and Tabitha when he has a cold and like, Chip is like, oh, Tom has a cold. He wants everybody to know that he has a cold. So he asks for like, room temperature water or whatever. So it's like, it's canon that like, Tom is there. And again, back to where I mentioned a few episodes back, it's like, Tom is learning how to be rich. Like all of, like, Roman, Kendall, these guys are used to being in five different time zones in four different days. So like, it's kind of like, they will deal with it eventually. But Tom, all this is kind of new to him. He's like, oh, like he's feeling the jet lag. He's like, um, so it's different being rich and learning how to be rich. So like, so Tom is, I think it's interesting that Tom is the one that's like, oh, I'm so tired or whatever. But he does have a big deal. Yeah. He has to try and get Mencken president. He has to fix it here. It's like, you it's know actually what, a big deal. You know what's funny? So they be rude about all of that. Is that like, I don't know, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but the whole of succession, I never even thought like, it was ever going to be a struggle of if men can become... I thought it was like a foregone I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, yeah, I didn't think... <laughs> okay, so... I can't have Hajj on this podcast without obviously talking about Kendall. So let's just do a quick five minutes on the really? Kendall versus Lucas um, conversation. The dead beat? Um, <laughs> the dead so, beat. So else. <laughs> I feel like... Um, yeah, so obviously, like, he's not... You know, he's 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 trying to be a better father... Um, and he's he's just not quite got there yet, but he will be. Um, I hope. Erika, can you hear how she's struggling? She's struggling. Like um, you know what you know. Your client is guilty. She's trying so hard to defend his this bullshit. <laughs> I was talking about this like last week, and I was recording. But um, Kendall in particular is going through such an interesting transformation for me because he's sort of um, <laughs> he's just. <sighs> he can't help it right he just he's gonna become he's gonna become dad right and and it's and it's really shameful and sad to see but i thought that his um confrontation with matson was really interesting and it 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 reminds me of why like he's my number one boy because despite everything he he actually knows people too like he has this charm like even like last week i was talking about it when he walks up on stage and he's able to spin it because there's a certain like earnestness to him because he is awkward and he is odd and people can you know connect with that and I thought that that him and Madsen's like little showdown is very very funny but also very very good and I don't know like I'm excited to see what he's going to do but I'm actually funny enough like there's not much to say for me on Kendall Roman however is is really really going down I feel quite a dark path I feel there's a reason I didn't bring up Roman because that would have been, a, would have had to do an hour on that because, yeah. Yeah, but just quick fire from me. I don't think he knows how to do this job without dad. And I don't think he knows how to commit the sins of dad without dad. And I, I feel like he's just a dog without his person. And it's, it's just, it's just a wreck to mm. see. And I hope that Jerry. A slime puppy, you might say. Yeah, I know that Jerry's situation is gonna he's he's fucked. Um he doesn't have a mommy anymore. He doesn't have a daddy. Kendall is not the figure that he needs, right? So he looks to Kendall to be Logan, but he can't do that. Um and he doesn't respect Shiv enough. So yeah, he's fucked. Um, yeah, I that's, mean that's it. With, 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 at, at the risk of stating the obvious, Roman needs to grieve. Like again, yeah, it's been yeah, like, no, 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 like he's 100%. the one person who is who's 
whose grief is like because again it's been four days since his dad died literally four days like so yeah like, i mean it's very telling have we seen any of them cry yeah apart from episode three and beginning of episode four we haven't really seen but again it's like there's no time there's literally yeah she has to schedule okay she grieved last time she has to schedule her grief yeah um i mean i think it's very telling and great directing from from robert and sherry that like we see literally like it's not a cut it's him going from jerry basically shutting him down to acting out at corner like it's very yeah. like is there's you don't need to have media literacy to understand what happens there like it's very yeah. straightforward like this is this results in this so yeah and i also like the way like kendall is revealed in that scene i think that's the moment that kendall is like oh yeah i have to do it by myself yeah yeah like, it has to be just me. No see, no, no see you, bro. Because Kendall's, Kendall's behind yeah. him, right? When he's doing all He's this. behind, yeah. like, the, the shot is just on Roman at first and then he pans yeah. out to see Kendall and Kendall's like, Roman, chill. And I'm, I think that's when Kendall's like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I already wrote number one in the sign and I thought, but now I have to, it has to be me. So, yeah, like, I think when people asked me last week, like, who do I think is running most on vibes and who's in most danger? And I said it was Roman, but I, I still think yeah. Like, there is something in Roman that's about to... Like, obviously, Kendall is going to have a big, epic meltdown because that is who Kendall is, and that's what this show is about. But I still think that there's something in Roman that is... That Roman is We've not seen Roman's for. Funny enough, I can't lie. I don't think... I mean, of course, I, I, I want to say that Kendall's going to have a meltdown because everyone thinks Kendall's always going to have a meltdown. But the way I won't be like, obviously he might have a meltdown. It's, 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 you know, it's his favorite, you know, as Roman loves to say, it's his favorite. Mm -hmm. I think that he will surprise people this season and he will be, he doesn't have anything holding him back anymore. Right. He's baptized himself of his sins. He sat down on the ground, confessed his sins to his siblings, and he washed himself in the water and he won and he's the number one boy. And I think that he will he will become more ruthless because I think he's just going to find himself just continually lucky because he has failures around him. And that's how he will emerge. And I think that's even more scary. And I think that the parallel, funny enough, I think there's actually a parallel going on with Matson as well. You know, when Ebba says, you know, we created his whole image and there's this idea about nobody cares that a genius is weird and it's just this, this, this mystique and this, you know, reverence that we have for these people that we don't know and we don't understand. And the show is telling us that no matter where you look, even the most sophisticated Swedes are all idiots um, and they're playing mm. with these big numbers and they're fucked, they fucked you over, right? So I feel like, I feel like Kendall's story this season, I believe, is more towards how these people will fail and fail to to places that where they'll have great impact, like the retirement community for old people. And now with the election, you have a hot-headed grieving child in cahoots with someone who thought that H had some good points. So I feel like... Um, yeah, but best line of the episode, I'm going to ask my woman about Oman. <laughs> I love Connor so much. See, the thing is like, Connor, Mikey, I'm surprised. Connor. I'm surprised you don't love, like you don't sing Connor's praises more often because I feel like that's your type of character. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, <laughs> explain, explain. Because I feel like everyone around Connor is like, you were talking about running on vibes. Everyone around Connor is like serious, dying on the line for mm -hmm, some. Mm -hmm. And Connor is just like, listen, I love Willa and I have my dream. And all I'm going to think about is like Willa and my dream. And I will make jokes yeah. while you're panicking about who's going to be the next president. 
I don't care. Oh, I mean, I love Conor. No, 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 I love Conor. Let me not. No, no, I definitely love Conor. And I think, like, I, I love Conor. Oh. I, the only character, I said it before, the only character I don't love on this show were Nate and Kerry. But then Nate came this episode and he was like, nah, fuck all this shit. And I, was like, I was like, you know what? I think I love you now. <laughs> he was like, actually, I was actually able to, like, say fuck this shit to the, to the Royce. And I was like, oh, I think I might actually like Nate. No, I mean, oh, come on, like, it's Conor. Who doesn't? Like, I, I love Conor. Like, I love Conor. He's... I want to see. Speaking of Connor, I still I think that next episode might be a big episode for Connor because we haven't seen him. Yeah, we didn't see him in five and six. We saw him obviously a bit in seven. So I think the collection episode might be a big. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he might have something to do in the, in the episode. What do you guys think is going to happen with Greg? Because they've really dialed him back this season, and I kind of hope that it's for good for the for good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like Greg is going to come out on top good it's not i'm not not on top of not ceo but like he's gonna be in a good position when all this i don't know how he's gonna do it i don't know where he's gonna be but it's telling that like the swedes love him in this episode like Mm -hmm. that was the one person that hated him so like he kind of has a foot in every camp like he's with the boys as he said he's always gonna be with tom if tom needs him like he's the swedes like him now he's like i think eventually are you sure the swedes didn't just enjoy him as a class clown that's more than enough because you keep the class clown around. <laughs> fair, fair. No, you don't have to take him seriously. Fair. Like, you keep you keep the class clown around because you can either, like, have him subservient like Tom has, or you can send him on errands like Kendall and Roman do. But you fire always keep him around. People. You don't fire him because you need him. Like, it's better to think he's a class clown than to think he's stupid and, and worthless, yeah. which is what they thought last episode. And he would have been first on the kill list. But now they're like, oh, he can fire people if we need last class. He can just fire people for us. Like, so... That's what I mean by, I don't think he's going to be serious. That, that, that is way too think, big to explain, but to believe. But I think like he's going to, he's going to be still making money when the show is over. Um, anyway, let's, let's wrap it up there. I, it's funny, I was watching the episode and I remember somebody said a line which kind of reminded me of something that Ibuka said earlier in our podcast run. It was a bit nostalgic, actually. I don't know if you even caught it, Ibuka. What was it? It was when Martin was like, your numbers are gay. Um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you see the thing is like oh god I before we wrap up I just need yeah. to say mm-hmm. it, OBR asked for two more seasons of succession right yeah. and I will take two more seasons of succession if I get more Madsen like I just love Madsen so much <laughs> it's he's so perfect in that it. role like he was born to play that role like he's yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just amazing in it Scar's guy is really good. <laughs> but I mean, it, it would be touched on this and I, I noticed in the episode as well, like him and Eba are very cozy in that scene and obviously it could just be because like, or well, Eba doesn't want to have, it's like, um, antagonize her abuser or it could also be that it's a bigger pl- plan at, at play. Ooh! It was very fortunate how, how like, Kendall just got that news. Like, why is Eba giving that news? But I don't know. Again, yeah, I no, I also, do you know what I thought? Do you know what I thought? I feel like they followed the numbers thread through. So I feel like to misdirect on that would be odd. But I thought mm. it was interesting how, like, when she she was asked about the the blood and stuff, like, she didn't have a, I didn't think she had, like, an appropriate reaction. Like, I don't know, like maybe mm. I, maybe she's just been it. so traumatized by this organization, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't feel it like the type of reaction you have to someone finding out that your your ex slash boss sends you blood and and hair and, and and other bodily parts and things in the post. 
you know picking up so many so many notes from this shit man so many things i want i need to try out in my life anyways um oh my god really (laughs) (laughs) no but i i still can't like that's well you have my address it's just one one of the funniest things i've ever seen like because he was like you know i started sending out a little blood as a joke yeah and it just you know kept going kept going like i never once paused to think maybe this is weird you know i just felt like it's a, it's a kind of silly thing where like ah oh, fuck i did it once and i was like okay she didn't say anything so might as well keep but also it's kind of thing that we could probably see in an expose in the new yorker about certain yeah someone yeah like, anyway. it's, it's not impossible yeah it's so far from impossible <laughs> anyway um okay guys thank you very much for coming in last last minute to just talk about thomas shiv with me and all of this um but yeah oh please go watch Fleischmann is in trouble because Hadja and I oh, yeah. did an episode about that and it's, that's going to be coming out <laughs> in June. I don't know why she's laughing. I'm but, actually retiring uh, from podcasting. So yeah, okay. I you don't can know retire what after, talking about. You can retire <laughs> after, or you owe me money for my voice. I don't understand. Like, either you release it or you pay me. It's like... I'll um, buy you a watch. Um, How about that? I'll get you a watch and then you can cry about it on your birthday. As long as you. it's the watch that, <laughs> that, tells, that tells me how rich I am every time I look at it. Um... Well, yeah. Okay, then I'll I'll take that. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, guys, Ibuka, Hajar, thank you for dropping by. Um, yeah, guys, please thank check out all the other things we're covering. So many other things. I hope succession is wrapping up, man. So that's exciting, but sad, but exciting. Yeah. Bye, guys. We're going to have. We might have the greatest weekend ever on the twenty eighth. <laughs> don't 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 do that. Don't do that. Why? Oh my god! Wait, is that? Oh my god, that's succession. No, I will. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, thank you. I think I will.